listening tonight I got a feeling that the cards just ain't right I'm so salty, must not give in to rage And I'm wondering what those rollers will say Scarves to the left of me, cheers to the right Here I am, gonna roll a derby tonight Gonna roll a derby tonight Gonna roll a derby tonight Alright, so we're back. Part two of our double episode to make up for the horrible length of time that we were away. Very sorry. Holidays had to happen. Tournaments had to happen. Sorry, not sorry. All of that good stuff. Well, you, they got you at Gen Con, <laughs> so it's kind of the same. It's true. I met a lot of people at Gen Con that said thanks for doing the cast, so that's, oh, that's really always, uh, that's really appreciative. I appreciate that. It's always nice to meet the three people that listen. <laughs> I keep telling everybody I'm not sure why people listen, but uh, people continue to, so I guess if people continue to, we'll keep producing. Yeah, that's good. So on today's cast, we've got the Khan of Khans, Paul, uh, who won Sydney Cote. How are you going, Paul? Hey, good, thanks. Excellent. Um, you're excited for today's cast. This is It's been a while since the Sydney Cote. Do you remember it? Yeah, it, um, it was a little dreamlike immediately afterwards, but I've had time to compose myself. So yeah, happy to talk. Yep. You've come down from your exhilarating high, your relation. My 24 hours of internet fame, yes. <laughs> yeah, pretty good. Have they still got the um, the Discord group named after you? <laughs> I think they do. I will check. <laughs> the Khan of Khans. Khans Ordu. Paul's Ordu. Yep, still, still Paul's Ordu. Was that a yeah. was that the rename of the unicorn group, or was it a new thing? Uh, it used to be called Khan's Ordu, and and they said they were going to name it Paul's Ordu for a week, uh, but it still is. So nice. <laughs> I kind of hope they set it back because it's a bit weird now. <laughs> <laughs> so a little bit like you know looking into someone's eyes for just a little bit too long. Yeah, just got uncomfortable. We're in the awkward zone now. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, uh, Khan of the South, um, how did you find the event just in general? Like, this was your first Kote ever, I think. You didn't go to Kotes in the old one, did you? No, no, I, I played the old one back in the, the late 90s, I think, for a couple of years. And I, I didn't make it to it last year, so it was great. Uh, Wayne did a huge job putting it together. Uh, you did a great job casting, heaps of good people. So, yeah, all in all, it was a, a good time. I got your... Um... Uh, finals video, by the way. So we'll put that up on the Rollers channel and you can put it up on your YouTube channel. Oh, it's, I, I don't know about that, man. I watched it back and I can't believe how many mistakes I made in that final. So no no rush on that one. Oh, well, this is interesting. What, tell us, tell us, please, what kind of mistakes you made in the finals? Uh, um, well, it was it. So what did you recorded my, my first and last games on the first day and then my final on the second. Um, and the one at the end of the first day was okay, but um, I didn't do Keeper Fate once. I didn't do Keeper Fate again in the finals game. Um, I, I forgot to dupe uh, Yuchi Shahai, which I think I, I kind of yes, rationalized at the that. time, but yeah, I was just wasn't thinking. Um, yeah, and I didn't, I should have kept I think you ended up with like an extra Fate somewhere as well, right? Well, yeah, that's interesting because it was, I took Fate off a ring, but we were using different tokens. So I, I put the, the sort of his token to the side. Um, and completely forgot to put mine in the in in my fate pool. And then a minute later, he was like, "What's this token doing here?" Which is the one I'd taken off the ring. And I was like, "Oh yeah, that's uh, the one I took off." And then I was I said to Wayne, "Did I take my fate from the pool?" And he said, "No." And I said, "Do you mind?" And 
he and the opponent said that was fine, so I did. But if you watch the stream, all you see is me taking a plate from my pool and putting it on my my pile. <laughs> That's right. There is there's no context. Yeah. I wonder if I wonder if we could we've actually got the original footage of that. I wonder if we can put that up. I wonder if it's got audio. I don't think it does now that I think about it. Hmm. Mm. That's right. Good. So all in all, a pretty a pretty good day. A uh, couple of days. What did you think of the venue? Uh, I have no basis of comparison, but it seemed fine to me. Like we we went downstairs for a drink afterwards. The food was fine. Plenty of space in the room. Uh, yeah, no no complaints. It, it seemed to work pretty well. Oh, nice one. So you are you a, a Sydney person, Paul? Queensland, Melbourne. Uh, Melbourne originally, but I'm in Canberra now, so it's it's quite a good Canberra. distance actually. Yeah, because I was able to drive down to a no fly down, I think it was to a tournament in Melbourne with Melbourne a few months ago. And Sydney's ah, about yes. a yeah, Sydney's just a three hour drive, so you can do either a, a day trip or, or the weekend in this case. Yeah, nice. No, that's good. Right in the heart of it, mate. You get plenty of stuff. <laughs> you bet. You so yeah, I remember that event. That was the event where um, our hotel uh wasn't booked for like the extra day and i had to go back to the hotel and get all their stuff and drop around <laughs> i'm still i'm still salty about that because you you were able to do that and get into the finals and i and do quite well and i still don't know how you did it it was awesome yeah yeah i don't know i guess luck was with me at that event but maybe not at this event <laughs> at this event i went uh one two went on tilt and then dropped <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah we've been to gen con so it's all a bit sort of bit of a whatever since then yeah it was um did we talk about this on the last cast i can't remember briefly i don't think we did right I mean, i've talked no i've no. talked about it to so many people i forget who i've actually spoken to it <laughs> about like the event and why i dropped and all that type of stuff yeah no we yeah. haven't really been through it yeah I, i've completely forgot as well that um uh when you're had a moto you get glory points i think it is like for every hatamoto that like wins a game or something like that you get like glory points for your clan and then that goes towards choosing either kunshu or the uh the theme of the prizes at world the world championships oh, is that what that goes oh, i completely forgot about all of that and now i feel bad about dropping hmm. no i think it's um i don't know i'd just be stoked to sit in there and get a whole bunch of games in at that sort of level if you really i think it'd be a very different experience yeah it really is yeah. I think definitely after Gen Con, I had, had had a bunch of games already. Yeah, that's that's the flip side, isn't it? You've got to sort of be, you've got to be practiced and trained to get in there. You've got to get your reps in, but at the same time, you can't play too much before you go into a competitive event because you get cooked. Mm. Like, yeah, like right. two or three, like three games of L5R in, and I'm fucking baked most of the time. I can't. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. It's this I, weird sort of high, this buzz that carries you through, and then you get to the end of the last game and you just yeah. crash. Mm -hmm. no, I yeah like... i think for me i think for me um nutrition was a thing as well right so uh i rocked up in the morning and played two games the second game i played against conan right and conan and i often have very heated very intense games and this was no exception it got to there was a like we had a uh what would you call it? an altercation around whether he could trigger upholding authority or not. And um, that put some extra strain on things. And then after that game, I think they did a lunch break. Did they do a lunch break after round two? Or... It might have been round two, yeah. Yeah, because I felt at the end of that game that I couldn't go anywhere or do anything 
even though there was a lunch break because the the venue that uh, there was, uh, I couldn't get anything to eat. I hadn't brought anything. Sorry, I couldn't get anything to eat in time, right? Like there were lines and things like that. Uh, and I didn't bring anything. So when I went into my third game, I was kind of exhausted and I didn't really have anything to bring my energy back. Uh, and so, yeah, kind of went on tilt and uh, was a bit too cocky and just threw that game way out the window. <laughs> like you wouldn't believe. I'm ashamed, ashamed of that game. That's okay. Not to take anything away from my opponent. My opponent absolutely crushed me like he was making all the great plays and i was making all the bad plays and he absolutely killed me that yeah game. it's funny how you can just get off kill today because in my my second game we were we were playing me versus dragon and something happened where we we did a framework error where we, we managed to miss my second event uh, second conflict and we went up to his one mm. and then afterwards i realized oh, i haven't used my second and we, i don't know how we did and we we sort of had so it could be reverse it, but it, which I just said, no, we'll just keep going. But it threw me so badly. And then the next turn, I hit Restoration of Balance. And I ended up having to discard 10 mm. cards. I just totally forgot. Oh, I removed oh, them from my hand because I was just like still trying to figure out what had happened. And yeah, it's funny the way your mind plays with you in those situations. Yep. Yeah. The old tilt trick. Restoration mate. of Balance. Still a good card. Still a good card. Yeah. So your deck, Paul, the, the unicorn that took it home, you... um. You've got quite a, a ride up there on the old Bushi Builder. <laughs> yeah, and, um, you, Yeah, and you, you talk about all the, the bits and pieces. So what was, if you TLDR it for us, what was the the basic concept? It's a pretty generic HMT, but without like Chagatai and some of those other stables. Yeah, that's it. I think um, the no Chagatai certainly raised eyebrows when I was telling people about it beforehand, but I've been, there's a phrase that gets thrown around a bit in unicorn discussions, which is high roll or lose. Because you, you tend to, to see chags and you charge him or you hope that you get an appealing of fortunes or you hard buy him because he is just this, this ultimate like break things. But I talk about in the write-up how a good player will just crowd him or bow him or hit um, political water the next conflict and bow him that way. And a, and a good player will do that. So you'll, you just, I feel like you, you can get lucky and you, you can, you can go that high roll, but you're never going to, mm. in my mode, with my skill, get to a Kotai with something like Chagatai and those, those big high risk, high reward cards. So I, I just got frustrated on Jogoku of, um, of having him run into a wall and then everything fall apart because I was, I was putting so much into that Chag's church. And so I mm. sort of, it was almost a conscious decision to, to make myself play more cautiously and, and build for the next turn rather than try and win that big conflict, which a good player will see coming a mile off and, and do something about. Yeah. Yeah, okay. And so, and you've obviously, you've got a, instead of Chag, you've got a pretty solid complement of Shigenja out of yours. Yeah, and that was kind of inspired by, um, I've talked to Merlin about the, the Kato Kasori deck out of Phoenix, where you just tower up yep. Kasori, and then she just sits in the back line and, and contributes her skill through air conflicts. Um, yep. And you've got, like, Dayu, who in late game, he can give a chunk of force to somebody who's attacking already, or they can sit there and use force of the river, or if you really need it to, you can just give them one of a, a barcher and send them in and, and get their hands dirty. And so I, I kind of was finding that um, if Unicorn can tower, but can't tower that well. And we have very few cards that will mess with opponent's characters, whether they, they can mess with us, you know, till the cows come home. And so I try to keep the big towers out and send in the cool little scouts. 
And if, if there's a, a sniff of a, a province break, I'll, I'll send in river spirits or send in diodability or curve blades or bonsais or what have you, but try and save the shugs as, as just kind of a more solid, reliable backline, which is not a typical HMT play, but it's, I, I found it's worked for me and um, it certainly like I got lucky in the tournament. Although the big, the big caveat, which I should say, is that I got like the luckiest matchups for the whole tournament. I didn't have to play Phoenix Charge Bird or, or Crane once, which was the, the main reason yeah. why I was able to get so far. That's it. So, did you have like in the back of your mind though a plan for that matchup? Like what you would do, what the idea was, or was it just pray? With, yeah. Well, against with Crane, Finger of Jade is is the run that really wins it for me because. They, they have a lot of jewels, Crane, but you sort of split them into two kinds. There's the one where they will target your guy, win a duel, and bow your guy. And then they've got the ones where they initiate a duel, but you get to choose who accepts it. And if you lose, mm. something terrible happens, like everybody gets sent home, or you can't declare military conflicts, or the yep. conflict ends in a draw. And all of those things will, will destroy a Unicorn Swarm deck. But because you get to choose the target, you, you put a uh, finger of jade on before that duel is going to happen, and then just cancel the duel's effect. Um, and they will still do their targeted bow duels, but because you're running on sort of a wide board with River Spirits and um sort of spreading your curve blades and your bonsais around you can you can sort of get past that yeah okay nice one but again phoenix Phoenix, that that's more prey um it did did okay (laughs) online just testing beforehand like Merlin and i played a few games and it did okay and i I did some random jokokus but the the thing is with phoenix like if if they want to win a military conflict that they're kind of going to and so you just have to accept that that you're going to lose that one but you've got to get a HMT trigger elsewhere and then just sort of get cheap province breaks as much as you can um, and try and get on box before they get to your box, which is, you know, you've, you've got plenty of military pump in there and you can, you, you sort of rely, you play for the five conflicts per turn. Like you, you're not going to win the big one, but you might be able to get lucky when they trigger cards or do, or if you have to use a captive audience, which is not ideal because you really want to save it for Corey Mori on the box, but you just kind of death by a thousand cuts, pick away at them and then hope you can bring it home in the end, which is which is what I was hoping to do. But whether or not it would have worked, I, I probably doubt. Yeah, okay. I think it's kind of interesting uh, what you say about Phoenix because in our test games, I don't know if you remember, but I felt uh, I felt like that deck was really solid against uh, the decks that I was playing at the time. I can't remember whether they were. I don't think they were charged, but I think they must have been. Um, like the previous version, Secret of Void. Um, but I felt very under pressure in the military conflict. Yeah, I think we were still, like, you were you were sort of getting the hang of the deck and we were working on how many Satoshis and things like that. But it, it did have four Bearer's Echoes in there. And it, I, could, I could see the mm. potential, but we were both trying to sort of get our heads around it. Mm. Yeah. Um, I always thought that uh, Unicorn and Lion would have been one of the tougher matchups uh, for that deck. We can get into that a bit later. Yeah, I'd yeah be keen to hear about why. But um, so was, and obviously, just the other thing with your deck there, you've got dragons as splash. Is that just all about the let go? <laughs> it's all about the let go and favor because, like unicorns, they're so vulnerable to, to getting charged or captive or particularly cavalry reserves cancelled. And so you've, you're kind of playing turn one just to get the favor, and then you can start to flex your muscles a bit in turn two. And by turn three, you've sort of got your artillery shelves online. And you've hopefully kept the favor. So yeah, it's really just about ancient master in the favor and Mecca. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. Good. You got So. Like it. 
so kind of the south. Um, you managed to avoid all the Crane and Phoenix matchups in your Correct. run, but you didn't avoid Scorpion. How did you find Scorpion? Um, well, you've certainly played a bunch of them. Scorpion's kind of a good matchup for me because, again, the, the death by a thousand cut things comes through. Like, if, if Scorpion wants to mess with you, they'll mess with you. So it's, it's almost about just having enough bodies to keep throwing at the wall and hope some of them are going to stick. In the semi-finals game against Hamund, who's an amazing player, but um, I, I'll, I'll try and recount this, this battle, but I, I sent in a Tetsuko and he fate worse than death her. And so I charged in a regulars and he dishonor for shamed that. And then I sent, I dropped a Shinjo ambusher and he was able to assassinate that. And then I think I, I and I had a Shiatome, so I, I wanted to win the conflict. and ended up having to charge uh, a Moto Youth, a one-cost conflict character. But I was just thinking oh, no. he, he can't have anything left to mess with me. And, and lucky enough, the, the charge landed. I won the conflict. It was just enough to break because it was the first conflict and it was only a three-strength province, whatever it was. And so despite having like everything killed and cancelled, I was able to get um, the province break, the HMT trigger, and then Shiatome, uh, the original Tetsuku, back up and go and get another break. So I think I broke two or three provinces on the first turn, despite all that. Um, and that's that's kind of the idea. You just have so many little things you can just send in and they, they, they can only mess with so much. And if you get tempo and you get sort of the war, you can you can carry it. What, what do you think their strategies were? Um, Cunning Magistrate will, will really mess with Unicorn because, um, like, you, you just, everything's based on military. But again, like, you just have to accept that you're going to lose that one. So you have to send in uh, another cheap body. Hope you've got a captive so you can flip and then get some tempo there. Because it's all about the HMT. Like, once you've got the trigger and once you've got the extra attack, um, you've got nine one cost conflict characters. So you're always going to have someone there for that third conflict. And you can just drop a, a curve blade or a bonsai or something. Um, and you get a lot of the work done on the third province. So you're, you're almost baiting your opponent into using everything on, on, on your big first one. Or you send in like a, a sort of a, um, a diversionary political conflict. So in the, in the finals against Ray, I sent in Shahai on political. Roy. Sorry, Roy, sorry. Um, and he fate worse than death her. And I had a censure that was active, but I let it go because like, I, I knew that wasn't going to be the conflict this turn. And then the next conflict, he fate worse than death. My regulars, I think, and I was able to send you that, and then and then take it from there. Mm. Nice. So you didn't have any real trouble conflicts by the sounds of it. You sort of obviously dodged the the ugly bird. Yeah. All the birds. By yeah. The sounds of it. Yeah. yeah. I I paper scissors rock, but then I'm I'm the first to admit that. Ah, <laughs> nice. That's no, great though. It's um it's good to see unicorn get some stripes. Get a few stars on the board. Yeah, mm. you should change. You should change your Discord name to Shinjo Paul or something. <laughs> Khan of Khan. Moto Paul. Okay. <laughs> is it Moto? Is the Khan a Moto or is it Khan of Shinjo? I thought the Khan was a Shinjo. The Khan. Where is it written that the Khan of Khans must be a Shinjo? <laughs> <laughs> Best flavor texture. <laughs> to quote. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've got actually I've got a unicorn stronghold tournament next month in in Sydney, and I'm like, ooh, I, I want the Chags mat, obviously, but I don't know if I'm I'm worthy of it. Like, should I put Chags back in the deck so that I win the tournament with kidding? Chags, and then I can use this mat, right? Oh, oh, yeah. I think you. Yeah, I'm not really sure. I think there is definitely a valid point there to win the Chagatai mat with Chags. Yes. Yeah. 
I felt like anybody that went to the the Phoenix event that didn't have uh, a Phoenix deck was like an imposter. <laughs> you know. Uh. I'm thinking actually. So I've bought a bunch of artwork from Gen Con, and I want to run a tournament series here in Hong Kong um, to give away the artwork. And I've got like one piece of art per clan. And we did this in Melbourne. It was really good. So I want to do it again here. But I want to. I don't know. I want to not just have like top of clan go to the top of clan because I don't think there are enough players. And I'm trying to figure out whether I should do like a series, right? So you have the dragon series, everybody plays dragon, and then the top player walks away with the artwork. And then you do that over like seven weeks or seven months. I just want to point out real quick that if you have that first one with the dragon clan, you must call it the drag race. (laughs) (laughs) All right. (laughs) I like it. Um, Yeah, cool. All right, so that's uh, Sydney Cote. There were a bunch of uh, side events at the Sydney Cote. Did you play in any of them, Shinjo Paul? Uh, I did not, unfortunately. I was um, I played the finals on the second day, and then I just kind of played a bunch of casual games with people. I think I think Wayne might have included me. Like somebody had a buy, so I said I'd play against that person just to, to give him a game, and that was fun. But mostly, I was I was pretty pretty brain dead by the end of the finals. Um, I ended up just <laughs> I ended up going out of the place and, and finding a sushi restaurant because I felt I had to celebrate. And so it was nice to just sort of have a bit of walk in some fresh air. And then I, I took the photo and I, I posted it in the Unicorn Discord, um, a picture of the, the sushi with the little sake cup. But I also, I dug one like a bunch of koku. And so I had this little bowl that I'd set up with the guy giving the koku. And we put the little spoils of war car, like card leaning against it. Mm. So it was like spoils of war and all this koku and the sushi. So it was a nice celebration. I like tell it. you what, the um, you get a lot of koku like when you get into the cut at these. Yeah, events. sure do. Uh, okay, all right. Well, um, so let's look more broadly at cotes in general, shall we? Sure. Uh, so I did a little bit of analysis on well, not analysis. I put together like a super quick spreadsheet of like win rates and things like that, basically just pulling all the data off Imperial Advisor. Thanks, guys. Uh, let me find good. the spreadsheet. <laughs> I know, right? Um, like their, cause, oh, their go on. surveillance of L5R, I think Rhino rivals like Chinese government levels of surveillance. It's, it's pretty freaky intense. how quick they're they like, are getting stuff up. They're right on top of it as soon as anything happens. Uh, I'm trying to find this. Oh, there we go. Uh, so after the last cast... Um, I felt like I just wanted to look at uh, some of the data. And at the time we recorded day one, I think, of Krakow was going on. So day two has been completed, and currently day three of Krakow is uh, is coming through. Correct. Uh, the, the spreadsheet, what I've done is I've kind of looked at qualification rates and bad matchups. So I wanted to get an idea, because you know how everybody talks about, like, there's the... the the color wheel in magic you know like yeah. uh, these opposing forces and in l5r i guess it's like certain clans are better at certain things like scorpion maybe dominate scorp uh, sorry uh unicorn maybe dominate scorpion or lion or something like that yeah. so i looked at bad matchups and i just finger in the air because you can't uh can't do much i think with um what percentage you draw the line at so i kind of drew the line at if a clan at an event had like a 60 ish percent win rate against another clan i was going to call that a bad matchup for the opposing clan 
Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. So if you go and look, if you go and look at the Imperial Advisor charts that they put together, which are great, by the way, um, if it comes kind of close to sixty percent, maybe fifty-eight to sixty-two percent uh, or higher, uh, I'm going to call that a bad matchup. So. Uh, based on that, let's just go through the numbers. So at Gen Con, I think Phoenix had uh, one bad matchup, uh, which which is what? Uh, Gen Con, Phoenix, Scorpion. So Phoenix had 40% versus Scorpion. Would that be your experience, guys? So Phoenix White had a 40% win rate or loss rate? Yeah, win rate. So they would only win 40% of the time in games versus Scorpion at Gen Con. No, look, in, no, in my experience, traditionally, Scorpion do quite well versus Phoenix. And it does depend a bit on your on your flavor um, of Scorpion. Mostly because, like, the new... I swear, I'm talking out of the context of the new Dredgebird, right? So Dredgebird is a bit different, because we've all conceded that it's super-duper strong all the time. Right? So yeah, that's and I'm, I'm, only, I'm only looking at events general. since Pack 2 became legal. Yeah. yeah, so I think in general, though, um, Phoenix got a lot of high glory stuff, and Scorpion have got a whole ton of dishonor. Right? Mm-hmm. And, and that makes a very, very big difference. Um, where that changes, though, is that Scorpion tend to run super, super event heavy as opposed to attachments. And so if Phoenix are running um, Dynasty Tadaka or Sage Gishitoshi, that can drastically flip it the other direction. Yes. Um, Master Gishitoshi. Master, yeah, sorry, not the Sage. The Sage is the one that everybody goes home and no one fights. Yeah. So, yeah. And yeah, you got no, more honourable too. Yeah, yeah. Scorpion but, um, can also run Cunning Magistrate. Khan of the Great Glass Sea? <laughs> sorry, Khan of the Great Glass Sea. Uh, grass Sea. Um, what was that you were saying? Yeah, I was just saying Cunning Magistrate will, will shut down a military attack if you... Yes. So they've always got that. Yeah. yeah, that's that's what I was going to say. It was like, you really pin a lot of hopes on the military attack in against Scorpion, I think, because they're so bad at it. And everybody knows that uh, Cunning Magistrate is the answer to that military attack. They don't even need to get your glory. They just need to get you dishonored, and then you're basically zero. So. Yeah. yeah. They can also use Fate, Worth, no, and Death against the bird because it'll, it'll shut off the bird's resurrect action. Yeah, true that. If if it was if it was echoed in, if it was charged in, it won't because the phase will end before the ability goes off. But the, but try yeah, the I think they caught a few people by surprise, actually. Uh, okay, so that was against um, that was Phoenix. So in Krakow and well, actually in Krakow they also had I think basically one bad matchup. Uh, it was Crab on day two, surprisingly enough, and Crane on day one. So uh, Crane were running, winning 64% of the time against Phoenix on day one, and Crab were winning 62% of the time on day two. That's kind of interesting. Hmm. 66. Yeah, so Crab and Crane, I don't know. I... Well, again, Crane, I Crane can shut down thought, military attacks actually, with their big jewelers. Yeah, I think Crane uh, can get really good, right? Like honoring all their people, cancelling all your stuff. Things like um, the two the two characters that initiate jewels, right? Uh, Kaizen and Toshimoko mm. are really good against Phoenix. I think. Yeah, they're, they're not the only ones, but yeah, they're the two military. Yeah, the big ones. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, good good point. Oh, there's also Yuri, right? Who turns off? It's like you can only declare political conflicts. He's really yeah, he messes up Unicorn. 
Yeah, he yeah. he ruins a lot of lives. That guy. Just, I mean, worst mm. case scenario, if you do it for the first conflict of the game, your opponent loses a conflict, right? So mm. yeah, super duper good. I love mm. that guy. Um, but there's also the one that um, lets you draw a couple of cards, and there's also the one that bows and sends someone home, and there's also uh, there's another one. There's a heap. Crane, I've got jewelers coming out of their ears. Yep, and they just get wow. so much value out of that guess, stronghold now. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Stronghold's so good. Yeah, but um, well, I, I look versus Phoenix. Even the Dredgebird deck, so inclusive of that one, something like a Guest of Honor would be super potent. Like, correct, would be unbelievably strong in that matchup like, versus Phoenix, and even without Dredgebird, like f- against Phoenix generally, a Guest deck would be super crazy, and that's outside of all the other cancels that crane can bring along to the table like they've just mm-hmm. got so so many like mm-hmm. and it's even worse now because with their keeper role back online now they've got the the jewel cancel <laughs> as well yeah <laughs> yeah like, they're really strong crane, crane is really strong and then you've got you um yeah. uh, uji who just gives them so much economy yeah 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 yeah, but don't forget, Hidden Moon Dojo is the one that's busted. <laughs> that's that's what everyone complains about. Yeah, Never mind the guy that works for everybody and discounts all his stuff. <laughs> and he's three of you. Doesn't work. Yeah, and he can I think just Hidden Moon Dojo is at least as good as like Kanjo District or Karate. Oh District. god, yeah, it's probably better than Karate. District. I think it's the best one. Maybe it. it yeah, like I don't, playing Hidden Moon Dojo for me, Hidden Moon Dojo feels convenient, whereas like it feels handy to play you get maybe a little bit of fate less decisions need to be made whereas kanjo and karada feel like they just wholesale win games and they have way bigger impact yeah I agree. like they land and oh, you just, that, that's I'm, I'm telling how it feels i know the, the common consensus but no, um, uh yeah i don't i don't disagree with how you feel obviously because yeah. i can't but <laughs> uh, i feel i feel that they're about i think if they do a core two set which there's sort of rumors about that the, the one per deck holdings have to go because there's no there's no skill involved right you of course you include those three cards in your deck and if you get them at the start you're lucky and if you don't you're not and there's no, there's no skill in that that's it oh look i think yeah, they play to your strengths any, i think so you, any and all yeah. one copy of cards need to not exist yeah. like duty as well is the same thing right like that i think is the, i think i feel like duty is the more fair comparison to kanjo and karata because that We'll, we'll win you a game. Yeah, like duty. Yeah, I agree. But it's... yeah, I think I think I think all three are at similar power level. Yeah. So um, one thing to keep in mind with Core Two Point Oh. Sorry, sorry, Shinja. So I'm just going to finish my point, uh, which is that uh, they're if they do a, a Core Two Point Oh, those cards are not core set cards. They're all clan power. Oh, did they all come later? Did they? Yeah. Yeah. Hidden Moon Dojo, I think, came in a cycle, so it's going to be here for a while. Kanjo came in. Oh yeah, sorry, Hidden Moon Dojo. Kanjo came in the Phoenix pack, and Duty came in the Scorpion ah, pack. I came late to the game, so I kind of just brought up everything in one go, and still can't figure out what came <laughs> from where. <laughs> yeah. No, that's. Awesome. Uh, it's still, it's still, it's still. I love the fact that like you haven't been playing as long as as some people, and. I don't know how strong your sort of local meta is, so most of your play is like online, and then uh, it's your first Kote, and then you just win. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I like that Sorry. your deck's not... <laughs> I really like that his deck isn't tricky. I like that Paul's deck is yeah, just, yeah. I'm yeah. here to break your stuff, and everything yeah. I have is going to do that. Yeah. Like, all it was, it was all designed around, but... to be low-risk, um, moderate reward, I guess. Yeah. 
Yeah, I struggle. The only thing I struggle with in your lineup is um, Sentia, I think. I mean, and I understand why it's there. Like, you kind of have to have it, right? But um, well, out of curiosity, well, you're winning Paul, ring. Well, why? So, if I could go back, the so other option is the keeper cancels with lots of curved blades. But you know, I've, I've, yeah, I found them like if you if you send in like a chud with a curved blade and then you try and cover it. Um, and they cancel it. You can't use your keeper cancel because there's no one there to duel. So there's just things like yeah, that. Where right, yeah. yeah, okay, I feel you. I just feel like you know, if you don't have the favor, you're in such a rough spot when you need that century. Yeah, yeah no, I, I, it's completely built about getting the favor because you, you're right. It's got the three keeper initiates, obviously the palace, the three ancient masters, and you just try and pick away at as many conflicts as you can. Like this player power will, will mess yeah. you up um, and things like that, but... In general, like you sort of you, you play the first hand to get the favor, uh, and that's that's all you really want, just so yeah. you can get them to online and you take it from there. Yeah, first hand's pretty low impact like that as well. You're really going to get completely stormed on that round. Yeah. Anyway, data, 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 Merlin. Mm. Data. Da, 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 da. Da, All right, da, da. so Scorpion, speaking of Scorpion, uh, at Gen Con, I counted zero bad matchups for a Scorpion. The closest that they came to was um, against Crane, they had a 48% win rate. So that's basically 50-50 against Crane. Every, every other matchup is as close or uh, above 60%. They had an excellent win rate against everyone at Gen yeah, Con. Scorpion, in Krakow, still really good. Yep. Uh, in Krakow, on day one, they actually had what I'm calling a bad uh, bad matchup against... Oh, wait a second. Have I screwed up? 1A. They had a bad matchup against Unicorn on 1A, uh, where they lost 33% of their games. Uh, yeah. Oh, sorry, 2. 2. Uh, they lost 33% of their games against uh, Unicorn and 42% of their games against uh, Phoenix. But then on 1B, it was just all all good. Yeah, no bad matchups. I mean, Scorpion have got... They've just got so many... They've got all the tools. Like, they've got everything, right? They've got cancels and attachment hate and, and all the stuff. So they don't really need to... Um, yeah. They don't need to outsource. So they can outsource to other clans just to complement their win condition. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, so like... I think. I understand why Scorpion is so strong. I, I mean, their their weakness is glaring, though. Like, they have... If you hit them with military, which is probably why they've had struggle with Unicorn sometimes, like, they don't often have a lot of answers to that. Um, mm -hmm. It's it's hard to get around. And particularly stuff like... Man, when you're playing Scorpion and you're running against Unicorn and you run into Khanzordu, it is just the worst feeling. <laughs> like, the whole turn is just written off and you can't do a thing. Yeah. Uh, I kind of agree with that. Um, awesome. All right. So we had a bit of bit of bit of net static going on there for a second, but we're back. Yeah, bit of a technical snafu. Yeah, they're my favorite. So Paul, course. just to catch you up, I don't know how uh, you know how much of the previous conversation you uh, caught, but we had just finished talking about Scorpion, I think. Yeah, I, I sort of dropped out so about halfway through. I think. Okay, so we're just saying Scorpion have a... They only had uh, two bad matchups on day one in Krakow. So other than that, no bad matchups. So next up is Lion. These are in no particular order, by the way. It's just the, the order that I remembered the names of the clans in. So Lion uh, had, as we all know, 
some pretty bad matchups. In Gen Con, they had two. Uh, in Krakow Day 1, they had four. And on Krakow Day 2, they had two. So let's go through that super, super briefly. So Gen Con, Lion, against Phoenix, they had a 30% win rate. Against Scorpion, they had a 42% win rate. Yeah, so that's two. So Scorpion and Phoenix were challenging for Lion. Krakow Day 1... Lion just got slammed against the wall, right? They got they got hit by Crane, Phoenix, Scorpion, and Unicorn. Yeah, it was a bad time. Uh, yeah, and then on day two, uh, they were hit against the wall by Scorpion and uh, Phoenix. So Scorpion and Phoenix being super bad for Lion. I know what card it is. You guys want to have a guess at what card makes it a big problem for Lion? No, what is like against me. Phoenix? Sorry, fe- fe- the Phoenix card that makes a problem against Lion. There's so many. I'm going to say display of power. Yeah, display is what I was thinking. Mm, oh, you you going with display? I reckon it's Kuroi Mori. Oh, yeah, that'll mess you up. Uh, <laughs> what you know? Oh uh, yeah. yeah, the province. Yeah, it's the same with Unicorn, right? Yeah, like, it's just all tears mm-hmm. when that thing is on the box. Yeah, at least with Unicorn, you've I mean, got at least Unicorn audience. got more answers. At least Unicorn can fucking captive audience and yeah. hopefully flick around it somehow. But yeah. Yeah, no, that card is brutal. And what about Scorpion Hatamato Sama? What do you think? Um, That's Paul, by the way. Sorry, what was the question? <laughs> <laughs> I forgot they said. <laughs> what about the Scorpion matchup? What what makes the Scorpion matchup so challenging for Lion? Ooh, uh, well, Cunning Magistrate for a start. Um, all the cancels are nice. Um, yeah, I don't I, th- I think Cunning and just being out of Dishonor because they've all got really high glory. I think, yeah, I think Cunning too. I think the answer to all of, like, we're going to ask the same question, the similar question in all of the things. Mm. It's going to be Cunning Magistrate. It's just a problem for everybody. Yeah. I just think Dishonor because Lion have really high glory. Mm. Yeah, that as well. But I mean, also, though, I'll point out that Lion have mostly across the board super, super bad political stats. And Scorpion is super strong in that arena. Yeah. Like so, Lion have got amazing military yeah. pumps, but if you can shut that down, then at the moment they don't have a lot of answers. No, that's it. I don't even think their pumps are that great. Like, Legion of One is amazing, don't yeah. get me wrong, and Way of the Lion is only okay if you've already got big bodies. Yeah. It might just um, have multiplying, mm-hmm. but yeah. yeah, it's pretty specific. Yeah. yeah, I just... They don't have as much as, like, even... Like Unicorn, I think grossly out military lion. Yeah, it could like, depend. I, could, I I surprisingly struggle against lion um, sometimes. Like they they can mess with your honor. They can sort of they can multiply that way to lion. Um, if they yeah, like, if they want okay. a military, they they will. But again, you can just sort of go wide and, and play around in another conflict. Mm. Yeah, no, I see where you're coming from. I just yeah, it's an interesting matchup though. Whenever you have two HMT decks ramming at each other. <laughs> Yeah, although you don't see the HMT line much anymore. Speaking of the Unicorn event, I love that. Was it in the Unicorn event where the HMT box you got and it was like double-sided? Uh, was that yes, else? and you were good enough to give me one. So thank you. It's a really cool card. Yeah. Yeah, I love yeah, that. I, I love that. I don't know where that came the fact from. That it's it must like have been a unicorn. It's somewhere. the same location, yeah. Although I think the Unicorn yeah, kit has the one. Uh, okay, Crab matchups. So this one surprised me a little bit, right? But Crab seemingly had three bad matchups in Gen Con, Cracker Day 1, and Cracker Day 2. They were at Gen Con. 
looks like lion phoenix and scorpion scorpion's probably going to be on all of these lists on cracker day one it was the same lion scorpion and phoenix cracker day two it was lion scorpion and unicorn so lion and scorpion are the ones that are consistently they have a consistently bad matchup yeah they smashed it on day two uh, let's start with lion why do you think why do you think that is Oh, I don't know. Yeah, that's Why? a, that's a tough know. one. Like, it was, it was really high. Like, it was no, I, I 89 to 11%, wasn't it? So maybe it's a really small sample size. And they just yes. Uh, 54 games in total on day two for Krakow, 69 on day one, and 136 in uh, Gen Con. So I think number of games, I think that's pretty... That's a lot of games. Um, yeah. i got to be honest, I... I the only thing I can really think of is maybe it's the speed, right? Because the, these two clans are kind of opposed in terms of when they want to win the game. Crab want to win the game on turn four plus, and maybe Lion, the kind of Lion decks that we're looking at, maybe they want to win early mm. events, and maybe that's the secret sauce. It could also be that Lion yeah. can play the long game because of Kaidei. She can keep your characters alive, the new one, but it's, compared to Crab, it's not that great. There is ready for battle as well, actually, right? So fight on loses a lot of its power if the unit that you're bringing in doesn't ready. It has to have like a really good attachment on it for it to uh, for it to matter and not be ready. Wait, say that again. Yeah. Wait, uh, ready for battle. And so, what what are the crab doing? That's bowing lion. Well, they're not bowing the. Oh. Hang on, ready for battle. Sorry, my mistake. Yeah, my mistake. I was thinking maybe you could uh, fight on and then play ready for battle. But no, that yeah, doesn't work. Yeah, Earth right. Becomes Sky would be I do it. I got that completely, yeah, got completely backwards there. No. Um, in that case, the only thing I can really think of is speed. You know, I mm. mean, that's kind of it. I mean, the two strongholds can't There's each an interesting other out. Crab deck. Mm. Hmm. Yeah. All right. Uh, well, since we have no insights on that one, let's move on. <laughs> we got nothing. Uh, yeah, it's a strange one. I'd, I'd like to, to know. Send us a letter if you know. Yeah. If yeah, if anybody does have any ideas, go ahead and like our Facebook page and put a comment down on any of the posts we post this podcast on. Because gotta know. Yeah, set us straight. All right. The Khan that was promised. This one is a clan that is close to your home. Uh, which is your home, which is Unicorn. Mm. Unicorn at Gen Con had three bad matchups, one on Krakow Day 1 and two on Krakow Day 2. So let's have a look at Gen Con. Mm. Uh, Gen Con is... Uh, they had bad matchups against Crab, Dragon, mm -hmm. and Scorpion, yeah. but only at 60%, right? So they're not crushingly bad, but, you know... Unfavored, unfavorable matchups. They're, they're surprising. Like we, uh, did, crack our we did better against Phoenix than we did against Scorpion and Dragon, which which has not been my experience. But I guess maybe some of them were playing Shira Shinju, which are weaker against those two. Hmm, not sure. Definitely, definitely Unicorn HMT Unicorn. I think versus Phoenix. If if you get into a race, HMT wins because in a race, more conflicts win, mm. right? But at least at Gen Con, uh, there was a 50-50 win rate there. Uh, against yeah. Dragon, you know, Dragon, uh, Crab, and Scorpion, it was all at 40% or so. So that's interesting. Mm. So we haven't talked about Dragon. Like, what does Dragon have over Unicorn? Uh, Voidfist? Voidfist is rough. 
um, but you can you can manage it if you if you're playing wide. But um, Sacred Sanctuary is really tough to get past because they're going to have you know Togashi Mitsu or some big tower on box yeah. twice in a row. So you just you sort of you, you you can't just keep hitting that wall you know and, and expending cards without sort of running out. Um, and if they're playing Daisho, they're doing if they're dueling um, and you don't have attachment control, that'll mess you up. Yeah, I was going to say I think Daisho would be a, a decent part of it because Unicorn. There's a reason they have the windswept, the yurt, you know, <laughs> right. to get the free on it. There's a reason they hang on to that, because they like to bottom out their honor pretty uh, we, fucking hard. We bleed captive audiences and bonsais and not defending. Well, you think about it, man. Yeah, it's like captive audience and bonsai, and um, back when they had the fire, they've got oh, gin, gin, and rest in the peace. assassinates, and then there's... Um, they've just got so many. Yeah, I can't run assassinate. I, I just use too much honor. Yeah, it's a lot, but um, yeah. So I think I think that's probably a decent part because a day show deck that's got a full hand, they can they can drill you down pretty hard, pretty fast. You yeah. lose a lot of honor really quick. It's rough. Um, and even if that doesn't win you the game, it just strangles your hand for the rest of the game. And if you've run into a resto or something, as like Paul was saying earlier, once you drop ten cards, yeah. Well, that was then, um, that was me. <laughs> you've got ambush yeah. shot, so you should be able to deal with resto. Um, if you playing properly. Yeah, no, true that. So, crack our day one and two. Uh, so, yeah, crack our day one and two. They got absolutely annihilated. Unicorn got annihilated by Phoenix. They're at thirty percent win rates for both of them. Yeah. Days. Although, having said that, three of the top ten on day one were unicorn. Yes, we'll get to that. We'll definitely get to that. Um. Uh, and then Scorpion. So I think probably we've said enough about Scorpion. Do you think actually Honor Pressure is one of the secret secrets to success against Unicorn for crap? Uh, yeah, like, I yeah. think it is. Um, Watch Command is really strong. Um, they, they can just take it. Like you, again, with, with Unicorn, there's this, this sort of idea that you have to rush with HMT. Um, and you, you, you can only hit a wall so many times before you start bleeding, which is, again, why with, with my deck, I tried to switch it more to a mid-game because if you can, it's just so easy to burn out. Yeah, you can... Yeah, there's a lot to go through really fast. All right, let's uh, let's end this portion or the this, this particular set of data on Dragon, mm. which, uh, unfortunately... Is having the worst day, the worst time possible in a Kote season. Yeah. So we've got uh, three bad matchups at Gen Con, five bad matchups on day one in Krakow, and four bad matchups on day two in Krakow. So let's see what they like. What don't I? What don't I mention the favourable matchups? Has that? Yeah. Okay. Uh, so at Gen Con they did really well <laughs> against Crab and Crane. Uh, in Krakow they did really well against Dragon uh, on. Oh, and actually, in Krakow on day two, they did really well. Hang on, what am I looking at? Oh my god, I'm looking at I'm looking at line again. Forget forget everything yeah, I just I, said. Uh, let's go back to. Uh... Sorry, yeah, okay. So, um, Dragon Clan. So what is so Gen Con? They've got uh, they've got middling they've got middling matchups against um, Lion and Cra- uh, and Crab and Unicorn. So their bad matchups were crushing against mm. uh, Crane, Phoenix, and Scorpion. Uh, against Crane, yeah, Phoenix and Scorpion. Uh, Krakow. Their good matchup, their one good matchup, is against Crane. On day on day one, it was against Crane. On day two, they got absolutely annihilated by Crane. Yeah. 
and everything else is kind of middling. Yeah, that's funny. Yeah, this is, this is such an interesting set of results, actually. Yeah, they're, they're quite different, day one and day two, aren't they, for Krakow across the plan? They are. Like, again, again, the crane, actually, it's the same number of games. So the only thing I can think of is that better cranes were playing in day two than were playing on day yeah. one. Yeah, I wonder if it's something to do with like the cut, like the games that get played once you've sort of filtered the field a bit. And you've got points and better players yeah. playing against better players. Like once you're matching up equal skill levels, approximately, then maybe, you know, that's where the the strength of the clans and the decks maybe starts to really come into play. Yeah, maybe. Hmm. Yeah, I'd really like to understand a bit more about that, right? Because if if you just took a glance at the um, at the charts that are on Imperial Advisor, so Phoenix Clan on Cracker Day One B look really good like over 50 percent for most matchups for and it seems like they're kind of consistent like they're there's not as much difference in the in the variety of their win to loss ratios whereas if you look at crab on day 1b crab have like this uh crushing 11 percent win rate against lion mm. and then everything else is kind of um it's just there's just a lot of variation right it's like crushing versus even versus you know, yeah. like really good for them. If you just look at those bars, they just look like the curves are smoother on day one. Day two, they're, I don't know, maybe people are playing more sort of wacky decks on day two, so you get more noise. <laughs> well, everybody from day one that didn't qualify got to play uh, on day two. So um, the, it, it actually, did they, were there more players on day two? They would have to have been, right? similar number. Hmm. So maybe, maybe that, makes a difference in these numbers i don't mm. know but uh dragon uh, absolutely crushing so let's uh let's have a look at the next uh set of charts that i put together or the next uh sort of table so the next one is the qualification room rate so this is on a percentage basis the number of players that advance from the swiss into the cut uh, so if we just go through them sort of in the, the same sort of thing yeah uh Actually, you know what? Let's go in this one in highest qualifying rate to lowest qualifying rate. So the highest on a percentage basis, not in terms of like the number of players that qualified, but on a percentage basis, uh, the high the clan with the highest percentage over those three events was Scorpion. So they had 16% at Gen Con, 10% on day one at Krakow, and 20% or 19% on day two at Krakow. I don't think anybody's surprised there, right? No, nah, Scorpion, they're just good. As I said, they've got they've got enough tools to answer most things. It's just a matter of whether or not mm -hmm. you draw them and whether or not you're experienced with the matchup. Like if you if you know what you're doing, you've got a chance against everything. Yeah. Like Scorpion. They've got a really good kit. All the right tools. They've got attachment control, they've got cancel, they've got dishonor. Yeah. Uh, Crane Crane have a similar uh, not as similar, but they're also the next highest, right? So they're qualifying at 12% of their player base at Gen Con, 12% at Cracker Day 1, and 17% in Cracker Day 2. Yeah. That's... Yeah. Mm. No, I feel like it's the same deal. Yeah. Like, same thing. I think yeah. that they'll run let go almost all the time. Like, they're always let go and some, you know, either day show or they're running... Um, the uh, ancient master. Yep. Just to mm -hmm. to ram home that um that favor steal, but um mm. they can also they use just, the covert um, so attachment. Strong. 
Yeah, the Ancient Master? No, the Wandering. Wandering, Tattooed Wanderer, yeah. That's the one, yeah. I don't know. I wonder if this means more good players play those clans. I think, I so. think, I think so. those two clans have a very... They're, they're both very popular, look at it that way. Like, really... Scorpion. I am I, pretty sure Scorpion and Crane are the two most popular clans by a substantial margin. As far as clan loyalty mm. goes, not necessarily what is being played at the time. And then I think it's a pretty even split between the other five. Yeah, I think that's fair. Mm. Yeah. I have new players come to play the game and they're like, oh, give me Scorpion. I want to play Scorpion. They sound like a lot of fun. And I'm like, mate, that's why I... as a new player, it's a really technical clan to play. Well, that's why the Spider Clan was so popular as well, because it meant you had two bad guy clans you could play back when yeah, that happened. Yeah, yeah. There were two two of those bad guys trying to do good for the Empire in their own kind of way. Anyway, that's a contentious topic so... for Spider Clan. <laughs> So, Crab coming in third place as far as like uh, qualifications on a per player on a percentage basis. So they're at twelve percent at Gen Con, fifteen percent at Crack A Day One, ten percent and Crack A Day Two. Mm. So that's really solid. That's a good crab yeah, that's in. really solid. Yep, super solid. Nobody's surprised there. Phoenix are fourth in line in terms of their qualifications on a per player per percentage percentage basis. So sixteen percent at Gen Con, thirteen percent at. Um, Krakow and 5% at yeah. Krakow Day 2. You know, I wonder if for Krakow, like the decks themselves, I wonder how many Phoenix players have actively avoided playing Dredgebird and done something else because of all the hostility. Mm. Or they want to be deck. slightly off meta to counter it. Yeah, maybe. But yeah, as in the last cast, I don't think there is much of a meta to cancel the Dredgebird. Mm. But um. It's hard to matter against, I think. Yeah, it's got so and much I just wonder, like, it so, wouldn't surprise me to hear that a lot of people are going, oh, I'm not going to play it because it people will judge it or or if they just consider it to be a shitty thing to do, to play that deck because it's so strong. Yeah. And sorry, Merlin, what did you say the day 1B qualification was for Phoenix there? 16% ah. on at Gen yep. Con oh, and, and 13% at Krakow Day And one. Day 2? So it, at uh, at Gen Con, that's uh, fifteen, yeah, fifteen percent. So what's that? One out of every six. Yeah. Players. But what was your day two Ish. of Krakow? Sorry, the Phoenix. Day two was five percent. Oh, Seventeen percent here on Imperial Advisor. Oh, do you have I made a mistake? Yeah, Lions got five percent. Uh, yeah. Okay, I might have just. Uh, might have just got that one wrong. I see what's happening here. It's cherry picking the data <laughs> to make Phoenix look better. Well, make That's them, what it make is. them, That's make what's them look worse, actually. This is some fucking... See, I'm not allowed to make any mistakes, right? <laughs> Just for this reason. Yeah, mistakes in quotes. Uh, no, no, no. You're right. It is 17%, uh, according to Imperial Advisor, uh, which actually puts Phoenix at the top. Yeah, that's how uh, like Where's it. Lion? Oh, Lion's not at the top. Oh, there you go. I've got Lion at, at 5% in my spreadsheet, which puts Lion tied for bottom with Unicorn in terms of, uh, what do you call it, on a percentage Three. basis. Yeah, and the moral of that story is don't take HMT. I think all the clans that hold that place, <laughs> the clans that have an HMT <laughs> don't qualify it's a, very it's much. A cursed place. Yeah. <laughs> so, so Phoenix actually in first place. So day two at Krakow, almost twenty percent, almost one in five players. This is making a lot more sense to me now. Yeah. <laughs> the real, mm, real, yep. un uncensored data. <laughs> yeah. Thanks. Thanks. <laughs> Uh, so, 
what clans have we missed? All right, so we talked about lion and unicorn and dragon. Sorry, dragon are at the bottom. Dragon are at the bottom. <laughs> Mistake number two. Dragon are at the bottom with uh, four at uh, Gen Con, nine at Cracker Day One, and zero at Cracker Day Two. Somebody check my numbers. Ah, uh, okay. So this is. Yeah, that sounds right to me. Confident. <laughs> it sounds about right, right? Yeah. Sure. Based on what we just said about bad matchups for dragon. Yeah. So are you looking at the qualification rate? Yes. Crack out which yep. day? Uh, for which clan are you asking about? Like, is it one B or one A? I mean, first of all. Well, both, right? So Dragon had four uh, percent at Gen Con, nine percent at Cracker Day One, and zero percent at Cracker Day Two. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, yeah, I'm with you. Yeah, yeah. Poor Dragon and Unicorn, zero percent. Mm. Cracker Day Two looks like what I imagine the meta to be. Just looking at this bar, and for the listeners at home, you've yeah. got very high uh, light blue bars, orange bars, and red bars, moderately high grey, and then nothing else. And that's that's what it feels like at the moment. Yeah. yeah, I mean, Scorpion and Crane, ever since, I think, when Young Rumor Monger and the Bees went on the restricted list, and that whole little Fate, Worse, and Death controversy went away, since that time, when, because Scorpion was fairly dominant just prior, right? But since then, I feel like Scorpion and Crane have both been very, very consistent performers everywhere. Like every time, agree. Like they are always doing quite well oh, yeah. all the time, and every yeah. other clan is sort of having these big troughs and these these big peaks. But those two are always they're just sort of just below the top tier, yeah. And they're consistent enough to be able to play. Um, and I think that's what you see here is there's just there's so much of them, and Phoenix are obviously in a in a bit of a peak as well mm. for the next couple of weeks, yeah. yeah. Like, you've got Phoenix, which is yeah, really strong, uh, and then you've at, got Scorpion and Crane, which are really strong against Phoenix, and so there's your top three. So, in terms of, like, bad matchups, uh, Scorpion had two overall for these tournaments we were looking at, and Phoenix had three overall. Uh, everybody else has, um, like, uh, heaps more bad matchups. So, the two consistent clans are clearly Scorpion and Phoenix. I think Crab is still pretty good, but I think... I think I, find, I don't know about you guys, I find Crab uh, more difficult to pilot, so I kind of feel like uh, good players are also doing really well with Crab. Maybe. I'm not so sure Crab are difficult to pilot, I just, they're a very, very different pilot yeah. needed. Like, you have, to, you have to play them very differently to the way you play those other two. Like, Phoenix and Scorpion, I feel, play very similar. <clears throat> like, they're both traditionally very event-heavy, they both have a few little guys that have really cool abilities... And they've got a really good mid-board with some really powerful top-end guys. And they can just invest into those with some big, fat events. A bit of kill or fate worse than death, if that's your thing. Um, but they're very similar, I think. And they're very well-practiced. And the way they play hasn't changed much in a long time. Yeah. And I think it's probably right, well, a lot of popularity, too, to be honest. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, so let's let's move the conversation a little bit into answering some of the questions that people had. So uh, Jake Croker added uh, asked, "How do you predict Ty will hit the chicken deck without hitting crab and lion in the process?" So I know you've already said, "Butters," that you don't think he's going to get hit, but let's just assume that a change gets made. What do you think the most likely change is to be made? Well, I don't. 
want that to be. I want to say it's going to be something on a restricted list because I really don't like the errata. Like it's, they started saying no, we're not going to do any, and then there was the really obvious one for the hawk tattoo, and then Tadaka happened, and then open hand, then um, city open hand, and there's just it keeps going, and and they errata is annoying and inconvenient and lame. If they errata, I think it'll be the bird only works in the fate phase. So it takes away that fate comes back and brings someone back from the dead only in the fate phase when he goes away. And that way it takes the bird back to like its intended use, which is bring someone back at the end for one turn, not two turns worth of asking. Um, I think that's reasonable. That was promised. Um, I agree with that. I think that that would be a reasonable rider if they did go down that route. The other one would be uh, Satoshi, means that you, um, you shuffle cards back into your deck rather than discard because if you play say three satoshis and, and nothing else you can happily dump a third or half of your, your deck into your complete into your discard and then like your discard becomes a second hand at that phase and if you've got kinbayushi and three forebearers echoes in your deck then you, mm. you get a lot of recursion value very quickly yeah so i get that but i think though if you did that with satoshi i think that is cutting off your nose to spite your face a bit like i think you 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 take away that constant milling, but it also takes away the risk. Like people can then, if you are running three Satoshi's and Kanjo District, for example, as a default in your deck, you can just mill every turn with Satoshi and not have to worry about decking yourself. And you're always going to get that every turn. And it does. It turns off the bird, but not so much. I think it opens up a, a new new cupboard full of problems. For a lot of decks. Mm. So, hey, what would be the so problem no, if? So, uh, what was your proposal? Uh, so, when you when you use Satoshi, you... the the excess cards go shuffled back into your dynasty, not to your discard. Right. Mm. I mean, that does turn up. But I, so it would be. Yeah, I also really yeah, like his yeah. interactions, though. I like grinding the top of your deck away with the big fat four coster early in the game that doesn't do a whole lot otherwise. Yeah, that's true. Um, that even doesn't that doesn't really fit into a lot of those decks, like a four coster courtier. Is doesn't really mesh with yeah. Kyle he's just out of mill or with Phoenix. Yeah, that's it. Um, and I, I'm just I don't know. Like I know I like those cards. It's the same. Like I don't like the rebuilds on the restricted list because it's a unique effect that is really good to use for all kinds of strange mm. decks. Um, often with Satoshi actually, but um, he's just a very yeah, powerful miller. So like you could also do um. Yeah, so I reckon. Oh, sorry, Manka. No, you no. go. I was just saying. I was just thinking that I feel like echoes is a charge-like action, and I feel like uh, restricting echoes sounds sounds to me like the most likely uh, likely thing for them to do. Because I agree. Yeah. I, don't, I think Arata Arata is uh, unappealing, unappetizing, Inelegant. and I think if you Arata, if you were going to Arata, I think the two things that you could do that would be very close are restricting echoes or eratering echoes. And I think you would errata echoes to like five cost or less. I think that would feel the best. And like having, making particularly Phoenix have to choose between echoes and charge. Cause I think as a standard, yeah. it's that whole toolbox that comes together. That's really rough. Like if you have to get it, your bird into your discard with someone else to trigger him off, then you have to have echoes. That's different. Mm. When you've got him in your row and you can charge him and get all that good stuff out. Like it's just, Gets really intense. Yeah. So Merlin, but in my heart of hearts, yeah. Anyway, go go. Oh, I was, I was just going to ask Merlin. So suppose that did happen that you you put um, echoes on the restricted list. I assume that as a Phoenix player, you would take echoes over charge. 
correct. Yeah, yeah. yeah, for the recursion though, because yeah. to be able to re recur your restricted card is yeah, pretty damn good. Sure. And I'm not sure. I'm not sure if that's enough of a hit, but um, I think I feel like that's the most likely. I feel like the most equitably fair one to do is to actually errata echoes, you, you know, and make it five cost or less. You know, the issue though but is I, that it doesn't matter what they do, you won't even know if it's worked or not for at least three months. Yeah. <laughs> if, yeah, I know. if that deck comes back. <laughs> yeah. So, what are you going to do, you know? Um, another one I've heard thrown around is that if you use the Stronghold, the, the, the second time you use the, the spell out of your, your discard, you have to pay one more, which could make it a little bit more balanced. Yeah. Mm, I'm not sure that that would work. But, yeah, I've heard that one too. Yeah. I think they'd, they'd still do it, but... um. So all that being the case then, right? So we've looked at um, kind of the, the metagame of these big events and we talked about the Sydney Kote. Melissa, Mask, M Melissa Marsh, uh, Utaku Yamada on Discord, so asks, is there an Australian meta and how does it compare everywhere else? So, well, Australia yeah. is the kind of place where Unicorn can win a Kote. <laughs> the power <Island>. so, <laughs> so that happens. <laughs> You know, the card in the south. Yeah, the, yeah, that's right. So the stars can align a bit, and true, you may not hit Phoenix, but um, I don't know. I mean, I like to think we have a bit more variance. Um, like our cities are quite far apart. I mean, I say that from Perth, yeah. and um, <laughs> which is super far from everywhere else. So there's not as much bleed between individual locations. So I think when you go to a bigger tournament like Kote, I would expect to see a far more mixed field than any established meta like they might have in the UK or the US where it doesn't matter where you are there's a white, there's a big population in another city really close by um, I feel like that would make a very big difference yeah, I think that's as fair to what that, yeah. as to what that looks like I couldn't even begin to tell you because I think it's just a bit more random I think there's just everyone's got their own flavor in their local meta like for example Jack right over here who took out our EC um, is very very good but his lion deck like doesn't run attachments much at all and there's a, quite a few decks that go very similar because they might only have fans and katanas which are not that big of a deal so everyone's attachment hate tends up dead cards so you maybe you don't take it as much but then if you were to go over to Kote and if everyone over there is running you know, like big fat attachments because their meta is the complete opposite. So no one runs attachment hate, then you're going to have a really bad time. Like if you're running unicorn and you drop your chags and then someone pacifies him with a phoenix card, <laughs> like that's a bad time, right? That's meta kicking you in the teeth. Yes, mm. I think too that I will um, agree that. Um, go ahead. Go go. I was just going to say that um, there's a big difference in Australia between your local metas and playing online. Because I know, like, I've, we've got our little play group yeah. here in Canberra, and we, we sort of know each other's tricks by now. But um, you go online, and, and Jagoku's obviously pretty cutthroat, um, particularly in the Discord leagues. But you like you learn quickly playing online, like, what, what the meta is, because that's obviously, you know, you're playing worldwide when you're on Jagoku. And so if, if you're playing regularly online, you, you sort of keep up with the, the world meta, whereas we do have these little pockets of local metas. Um, but the, yeah, there's a big gap between people who just pay locally and people pay online constantly. Yeah. yeah, actually, I think I might say, I think our top level is more or less the same as the UK, US meta, not UK. Um, like, I think in the cut at any tournament, I think you're likely to find expected decks, stuff that you will have already I played agree. against. 
but everywhere else in the field, like you're going to get all kinds of weird stuff on the way through is, is my guess. Yeah. And that's what I see at local events like REC and stuff. Um, but again, like we've got players like Jack who, and Jack actually, we didn't mention it last time, but Jack was in the most recent discord league online, the world discord league. Jack was top line. Really? As well. Oh, that's awesome. quite neat. That's really yeah. cool. That's very cool. Yeah. So he did, did quite well there as well, which is really good. So, um, it was an interesting experience constantly having Lion win over here when they were meant to be so bad, and then suddenly they're not. <laughs> so they're yeah, like... I kind of agree, right? Like, I think that online, the online meta doesn't um, invade so much into the playgroups during casual play or even sort of local tournaments, mm -hmm. but I think when you get into the cut, you are definitely going to see uh, the kind of meta that exists in the online meta. Yeah, definitely. So I think, is there is there an Australian meta? Mm, no, I think that the metagame is dominated by certain types of decks. I got all my Phoenix decks on my table all around me right now, right? And I've been staring at them for two days, trying to see if I could uh, make a deck work that's at least as good as the current Phoenix deck. And it's proving to be quite a challenge. So I think, uh, what role did you guys just get? Was it Keeper of Earth? Seeker of Earth. If it was Keeper of Earth, I'd actually be a lot happier. I'd be trying to... It still confuses but... me. Like, why you'd go Seeker of Earth? Yeah. Like, you don't even have... Well, I, I personally didn't. I personally <laughs> went Keeper of Earth. But, um, I mean, yeah. really, I feel like Phoenix should... The smart move would have been just constantly cycle Keeper of Air, Seeker of Air, and you'd be laughing. And maybe splash in Seeker of Void now and then, because it's so... Mm -hmm. That makes sense. Well, I think... I think in lieu of any new cards coming out until after Christmas, I think it's most likely that when if Phoenix gets the opportunity to pick Seeker of Air, sorry, Keeper of Air at Worlds, they probably will. Yeah, true. You know, I've just I've just noticed since we're talking about Unicorn and Rolls and stuff so much that now you can splash Phoenix in Unicorn and run Keeper of Earth, so you can have Earth become Sky. But you also run Khan's Ordu with a talisman, so you can throw them into it. But because all the conflicts are now military, and Unicorn have got so much, you can also be splashing Pacifism, so you can kind of <laughs> a character out of any conflict. I had not thought of Pacifism. Every time that triggers. You know the ultimate, um, the, the opposite of that is when you run Sashimono, and you, you trigger Khan's Ordu, and you get five military conflicts, and your character doesn't bow for any of them. Oh, it's, it's not very nice. Actually, <laughs> that is the highest. Of I've high done it once. That's great. <laughs> yeah, but I hadn't thought I'm of like, the pacifism. That's really, really cool. <laughs> now you know, I really like also at the moment with the new since uh, Satsume has come out, you can now run a province lineup of all five strength provinces. Um, yes, which is really neat. It's the first time that's been able to ah, be done in any practical sense. You know, without having to use mm -hmm. dumpster fire garbage like that on break water one that sends your person home. <laughs> I've tried to think about how to use <laughs> yep. that, um, but yeah. Oh, uh, I think it's yeah, me too. I'm trying to figure out if I if the five cost the five strength upholding authority is. That's a so. really interesting sure thing. Like I'm, I, I think it's worth it, but it's it's, it's it changes your, your thinking. It, it really you have to decide: do I want to keep it or not? Mm. Like in no, I, I think it does. I think it's for defensive decks. I think. You run, like, if you're going to run um, an honor or a dishonor deck, I've changed my mind about this a little bit recently. I think you can run both of those archetypes in tournaments, but you absolutely are running a super long game. You use tiny little weenie guys, and all they do is collect fade-off rings for poking attacks, and also take some people out of the field when they defend. 
Otherwise, you're just making sure none of your stuff breaks, right? Mm. Whilst maintaining an honor advantage and probably the favor. And that way, by the time you get all the way down to where you count points, you get the mod win every time <laughs> because you just win on points. And so no one's broken anything. So you're going to do that six times in a day, man. Everyone That's a lot of thinking. Happy. You can do it. Yeah, well, <laughs> it's, it's ultimately, you just don't attack, right? You just bunker down. And you can have, like, all these punishing things like upholding authority at five cost if your opponent's got to really bust their balls to get through it yeah and they're rewarded they have to have their card yeah you know i think well some might argue that at five cost at five province strength you have to invest cards in order to break it and therefore it's losing some of its value when you're investing cards to break it because you're playing the cards for value rather than just discarding them for no value yeah Yeah, true true. yeah I mean, a slightly more serious Phoenix Splash in HMT, I think, would be the Berserker Unicorn deck, where you just have all the stuff that explodes when you break it, and, um, <laughs> and then you're running Displayer Power. So every time your opponent breaks one of yours, it just super feels bad, and you can, meanwhile, just hit them back over and over and over again with all your crazy HMTs. I think that'd be good times. Mm-hmm. I'll um, I'll do it, and I'll report back. Yeah, let me know. Win the next Crote <laughs> with it, right? You bet. It's hilarious. So, Paul, All right. very quickly, what was the um, what was your Kote win loot? What did you get for for taking out first place? Well, did you get an actual Did you get an actual unicorn? I did. Um, he's, he's out the back. Uh, you, you got to feed him a lot, but he's cool. But uh, what are they? Is it like glitter and sprinkles? Yeah, fairy, that... fairy dust. And... They, they eat cupcakes, <laughs> cupcakes and milkshakes. Cupcakes and milkshakes. Okay. Yeah. No, it's good. Um, Wayne got an amazing scoop. The the really cool Gen Con promos. He was able to secure yep. some of them as, as prizes. So I got three Shinjo ambushes and three Master of the Swiss Waves, which I'm very excited to receive in the mail soon. Yeah. Oh, that's super good. Ambushes. Are they the ones that you spend uh, the points on? The, the Kobe right. one? Yeah, yeah. 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 I like it. Um, so I think, we're, are we about to wrap up or are we moving on to another topic? No, I reckon... Um... I reckon we're probably about an hour, yeah, so this is about that time. Hour fifteen. So before we did go, I just wanted to shout out very quickly and remind everyone that listens, so both of you, that um, we do have Australian Nationals on the 23rd of November in Brizzy. Mm-hmm. Um, whereabouts in Brisbane is it? Is it like inner Brisbane or is it like Sydney where you've got to catch a second plane practically to get out to the <laughs> coast because <laughs> it was way out of town? Ace Games, yeah, let's look that up. Uh, you're asking me? I'm not anyway, sure. I, I don't know any fuck all about Queensland. So. I'm pretty. I'm, I feel. I feel like it's the central hub for L5R. Um, they definitely have, a, and so a, I would expect that it's not too far out of the way. Yeah, I know they've got a decent play group there. Like their base is about 18 guys, I think. Wayne said mm. so. That's really cool. So bare minimum, you're going to get a decent turnout, I think, to that event. I'm really hoping to do it, but um. Yeah. So we should we should call it Grand Championships, right? Because they went out of their way to say they're definitely not nationals, because America is going to get like five or six of them. <laughs> grand champions. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No grand champion. Yeah. I mean, and that, that honestly, that makes it sound a bit better too, and a bit more efficient, uh, effective rather, yeah. or official. Um, I'd be I'm, keen to I'm see go. what the prize is. They uh, are still, very cool. Presumably, promos. if you win that. Yeah, well, there's that. But presumably you get Hatamoto and stuff, right, for those kind of events? I don't no. think you do, yeah, no. See, that's... that's, that's a code yeah, thing. those kind of titles, they feel really good. Like, that's... I feel like that's the main prize, right? Getting cool titles. No. Well, it is, but you're not going to get Hatamoto at a Grand Championship. 
But you should, Merlin. I like, should. <laughs> <laughs> sure. I th- yeah. Sure. Okay. Yeah, you can do that. But I don't. But you warranted this one, and as far as I know, Canada's running right now, and you're not going to get hat no matter what that. Well, I'm definitely you're not going to get sick, ass, sick ass promos and playmats. <laughs> yeah. Well, the thing, like playmats for ages, I didn't get them right. I didn't understand why people use playmats. I'm like, you've got a table. Why do you need a playmat? And then Simkov, I borrowed one of his when we played, and I went, oh, this is way better. Like, I mm-hmm. can pick up my cards mm-hmm. without tearing them in half and crunching them up and mm-hmm. picking at the edges. I'm like, all right. So I bought one. And then mm-hmm. you hooked me up with that artist um, for the old... Oh, yeah. The, with the amazing yeah. Daigotsu mat that he signed for me. Oh, what was his name? Sorry. Remind me. Oh, did you get that? Oh, the, yeah. That's Drew Baker. Yeah, man. Drew Baker. No, I absolutely purchased that. It's fucking boss. It's an amazing play yeah. mat. Because Daigotsu is an absolute machine. I love that guy. Yeah, man. And, um, Drew Baker is prolific in old Elf Over. Yeah, yeah, he's all over Him and Steve Argyle, I think, are like the most, they've got yeah. the most artwork yeah. in the game. No, he absolutely hooked me up and he signed the mat and everything, which was super awesome. Um, so yeah, that was super great. Um, but then I got a third one for the EC. I got one of the mats there. And now we've got all these um, tournaments popping up with extra mats. And so now I'm like swimming in them. Like, I can't, I don't know what to do with the stupid things. Like, what What do you do? Don't you have, you like, don't, aren't you, didn't Ben once call you the Matamoto? I think he had yes, the collage like on one of his walls. He's a big mural. I came, all right, hang on, hang on, hang on. I came over to Hong Kong. I had to choose, like, I had to keep the weight down. I had to choose a limited supply of playmats to come over with. I think I came over with three playmats. I now currently have 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17 playmats. I've only been here for like six months. But why? I don't... <laughs> I think they're really cheap today. Different playmats. Really cool. Every occasion. That's right. What if I suddenly want to play crab? What if I want to play lion? You know, like I need a playmat that's appropriate for the clan that I'm exactly. playing. Take the generic... Granted, Im- they're all basically... Take the, the EC <laughs> Imperial Palace one. <laughs> Oh no, man, it's got to it's got to feel right. It's got to feel right. You got to build the deck, and the whole the whole aesthetic has to just kind of work, right? It's like the rug that ties the room together. Merlin, did you take and... your giant two player <laughs> mat over that you bought? <laughs> I did not take the two player mat. I was very tempted. Uh, where was I? And there was a two player mat. Oh. It's really cool. I quite uh, like it. I think. It, yeah, I think I was back in Melbourne, and somebody had a two player mat, and I was very very. Is yours in storage? Because they are. Or? They're really really good. So Where, where's yours now? Is it in storage or something? It's in storage, yeah. yeah. Uh, there's like a whole like plastic tub full of playmats in storage. <laughs> All of them have got... uh, individual like little playmat tubes and stuff. Merlin's playmats yeah. have got their own storage locker. <laughs> They've got like I'm pretty sure <laughs> their own I'm pretty sure I must be getting close to a hundred total playmats. And the vast majority of One of the most ridiculous things I've ever heard. You know, somebody (laughs) is going to break into that storage locker who knows nothing about card games or L5R, and they're going to wonder what the hell they've stumbled upon. (laughs) What's this guy doing? They won't. In in another three or four years, someone's going to go in there, Merlin will go looking for a mat, and there'll just be a dead body wrapped in playmats. It'll be just entombed (laughs) entombed in the corner, and this guy will have gotten lost in there and have no idea what's happening. And he's just covered in, like, rubber and... And strange materials and there's right. only and, pap- and paper cuts yeah, right? and, and like paper cuts <laughs> yeah. and stuff yeah and he just oh well that's unfortunate and then yeah. you have to buy replacement and like token, tokens yeah. yeah all right let's not let's not think how we're gonna you know murder people <laughs> with l5r play tokens and stuff yeah <laughs> um but they could be like comic collections right they could be worth a bit in yeah. a couple of years i think rob was saying that he Good. works no, well, in like I, I i hope so yeah. <laughs> I, I will have the world supply of playmats. You will thank me, right? Like when one day when the world has like gone post-apocalyptic, right, and 
playmat to the currency of the <laughs> realm, I will be the playmat baron. And I bet they're really good insulation really for your house. currency? No, <laughs> <laughs> uh, nah, I like it. That's fine. I've got my one of a kind playmat, so. Yeah, I'm very happy with all of my playmats. Um, yeah. I don't know. It's a sickness. At least I know where to send <laughs> so, them or when I get them now, so. Yeah, that's right. I was thinking, actually, so that you could buy, like, a bunch of the playmats at Sydney Cote. They were a bit expensive, but I managed to talk the guy down on one of the crab mats, and I ended up buying that. Uh, but I did seriously consider just buying them all. I got, <laughs> buy them I all. got six with my Kotai, so Coco as well. Sick. You need to go to, like... Oh, you bought yeah, six? One oh, that's awesome. You need to go to, like, Coat. You need to go to Playmat Rehab or something. Anonymous, yeah. <laughs> Playmat's Anonymous. PA, Playmat's Anonymous. Uh, yeah. All right. All right. Anyway, this has been really, really good. Thanks, Paul, for coming on and sharing your kindly wisdom. No, thank you. Um, you yes, guys do you really much. good work. It's it's great for the sharing community to have it, so keep it up. It's nice of you to say, but we know that's not true. <laughs> so... <laughs> Speaking speaking of the Australian community, we're going to start up the Discord League again real soon. Um, yeah. I'm working on some automation to make the sign-up process and the reporting process a bit easier. So that's going to come on. You're going to play that with us, April? I think I will now, yes. <laughs> You've got a title to defend. Oh, Couldn't you, aren't you like, uh, cheap labor is like the main thing in China, right? Can't you just hire someone to be the automator and he will just process the data for us? Yeah, so cheap unskilled labor is the mm. thing. Well, I'm pretty sure that's unskilled, right? Skilled labor. That. But that all you want is someone. To, oh, to, I don't know what kind of programming no, no, no. you do, mate. Well, I promise you, it's unskilled. I can tell you that much. But um, no, I mean, like instead of programming automation, just hire a guy full time to sit there and do the oh, do data entry. In. Oh yeah, and do the things. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's right. I should totally do that. Yes, that's in between cutting down facial recognition posts and stuff like they're doing in Hong Kong. So. Mm. Yeah, a lot of change going on in Hong Kong. But that's probably a topic for, you know, uh, one of our other, you know, podcasts to cover. Our off-air cast, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, the after hours, after dark. That's right. Hidden City Rollers after dark. <laughs> yeah. All, right. All right, well, thank you very much, Paul. Khan of Khans, Khan in the South, Shinjo Paul, Moto Paul, Shinjo Summer, Hadamoto Summer, the Khan that was promised in the world. All of the above. Jesus Christ. That's intense. That's a, Did that's you have that written down? I didn't realize you got all those for Kote. That's pretty good, actually. <laughs> yeah, they're all on this one badge. Yeah, it's pretty impressive. Yeah. It's, I think it's a lanyard at a certain <laughs> size. I think you've got to wear it on a rope. <laughs> title, title, title. All right, guys. That's right. All right. All right. Have a good one, fellas. See you guys. Take care. Catch you guys.